eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What is up, everybody? It's the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jake Rowe. With Dogs 24-7 with me, Rusty Mansell, also Dogs 24-7, trying to lose my voice a little bit. I uh, got a little bit of that night air, I think, after the game the other night. Uh, they had us uh, parking somewhere in Yuli, uh, you know, trying to trying to get into to ever or not ever, but TIA Bank Field for that Georgia-Florida game. Uh, but I'm trying to lose my voice. That and Adam Duvall's Grand Slam uh, that turned out to not really matter uh, has uh, kind of got me losing my voice, but we're here and we're uh, we're live on YouTube. Thank you so much if you're listening live. If you're listening to this podcast, we appreciate that as well. Uh, come join us, leave us comments, talk to us a little bit as we do this show. We're early on a Tuesday morning, and Rusty, we got we just want to talk a little bit about this Florida game. Uh, kind of uh, put that thing to bed. Um, we're going to talk about some of the stuff we learned yesterday from seeing practice and and Georgia's quarterback situation. And then, you know, jump ahead a little bit to Missouri and Georgia's upcoming matchup noon on ESPN on Saturday, uh, Georgia's next to last home game and next to last SEC game of the 2021 season. Rusty, now that you had a chance to marinate it, you were on the show right after the game the other night. Now that you've had a chance to kind of marinate on this, maybe look at some highlights, maybe look at the game again itself, anything stand out to you from that game? That I mean, we if we talk about it every week. That defense is just it's just it's something to see, man. We've both been watching football a long time. Um, you know, I've watched a lot of football since I was I can as long as I can remember. I, I don't really recall seeing a defense this fast. Um, maybe the, that 2002 Miami Hurricane defense with all those freak shows they had. Uh, but when you look at you look at uh, just how fast they run the ball. I mean, the game within the game, when you sit there and you look at that play Trayvon Walker made, I want you to go back if you have, if you have the ability to watch that play on that tip pass. The amount of area he covered sudden at six foot five, 270 pounds to tip that ball. And the second play you go back and watch is N'Kobe Dean on the crossing route where the, the running back has inside leverage and he changes direction and cuts in front of the running back and almost intercepts the ball. It's just hard to even to look at that and understand what just happened if you're just watching it in game speed and go on the next play. Those are two five-star players for a reason. 
um, the Kobe Dean, that play, Jake, when you go, when you, when you watch somebody who has inside leverage on you, when he cuts in front of you, and then you have the ability to undercut him again on a quick timing route like that. It's absolutely crazy. Um, I know we'll talk about the offense and I think it struggled a little bit at times. I thought it was really good at times. Got to be more consistent uh, of there. And we'll talk about quarterback play. I said this um, last week, felt like we would know what George was thinking at the end of the game, played Stetson Bennett the entire game. Uh, I think, you know, moving forward after this Missouri game, a lot of questions are going to be answered that don't have to be asked. If Stetson Bennett plays this Saturday, I think we all kind of know what's going on there. If he plays the entire time, JT Daniels starts. I don't know that. If he plays a lot, that means they're still trying to play him in, trying to get him some reps. We'll see how everything goes. But I think, you know, we could talk about this the rest of the podcast, Jake, because I know it's a hot topic. But I think at the end of the day on Saturday, we're going to know what George is thinking in that quarterback room with this, these two guys. Yeah, and the thing about that, you know, and like you said, we'll get into it, is there's just so many different scenarios that could play play out. Um, you know, they can be thinking one way and have to do something different, uh, no matter who the guy is. And yep. and that's just kind of the way this goes. And that, to me, why is why it was so important to get JT Daniels healthy is that Georgia could kind of have that, I don't want to say one-two punch at quarterback, but they could have that one-two option at quarterback. You need a spark, one guy comes in. Uh, you a guy gets hurt, another guy comes in. Having those both of those guys healthy who can play at a high level, I think, is very important for this team. Rusty, you mentioned that play by the Kobe Dean. Oh. You know, I, I watched it, and you know, I watched the game after the Braves game the other night. Couldn't sleep, so I so I just kind of rolled through it. Um, you know, kind of carefully, and that play also stood out to me. And it stood out to me not necessarily because of the athletic standpoint from Nicobe Dean. Nicobe Dean read that route. Like, yeah, he he gave up inside leverage because mm-hmm. oftentimes, if you're a linebacker, if you play directly on top of that route, and the way you know I've seen it te- taught all the times, so you play directly on top of that route, it's almost like a goalie just standing in the middle of the goal hoping that you know, they kicked the ball into, into you on a penalty kick. Um, you've you've kind of got to pick a side and then favor the other uh, so that you can, you know, know where you're making the guy go. And sometimes a, a good route runner will just cross up your leverage and screw you up completely. But N'Kobe did a great job of taking picking a side, reading the route, making sure the guy wasn't going to cross his face. Man, got him a little hold in there. I know that the – I know I think it was Nyquan Wright – Man. I think I think I think Wright wanted one, uh, but but Dean made a play. I mean that's that's what you got to do in that situation. Almost came up with that second pick, um, the first pick, the interception for a touchdown was more of an impressive play than I saw in real time. Because in real time, to me, it looked like he was right there. Mm-hmm. It looked like he was, you know, that Anthony Richardson almost threw it right to him, that he had to take a couple steps. But when you go back and watch, Nicobe's get given eight yards of cushion. And, you know, uh, um, Anthony Richardson thought, hey, this is an easy hitch route to the sideline. He's going to catch it, get out of bounds, first down, move him on. Maybe they can get in field goal range. But N'Kobe was – he was st- he was sitting all over it. And the ball was a tad bit late. That helped him get there. But just a great play by him. The Trayvon Walker play. The Nolan Smith just kind of take over there for about a, about a minute of game time. Ripping the ball out, recovering it. You thought he scored a touchdown. He didn't. His knee was down coming up with the pick, being at the right place at the right time. The the thing that, Rusty, this defensive front is so good that, and I consider the outside linebackers to be a part of the defensive front, 
you sent a middle linebacker and and two and two defensive linemen. You dropped your two edge defenders, and they go tip drill and pick a pass off for you and get a pit, get an interception. Um, I, I didn't think it was Georgia's best game defensively, but. Um, you know, evidence by the yardage, evidence by the fact that Florida was able to get some stuff going. And most of it happened after the, the game was 24 nothing, out of reach. I don't care who you are. You change what you do a little bit defensively when that happens. Yep. But I didn't think it was Georgia's most smothering game defensively, but it looks like it in the score column because of the turnovers. Because they they – and Kirby, you know, Kirby talks about this all the time, that the – you know, either you're either a lead or you're not. That that applies to the turnover, you know, portion of this thing. And Georgia went out there and got three of them. And for the eighth time in eleven games, Florida's turned the ball over more than twice in a game. And for the eleventh game in a row, they've turned the ball over at least once in a game. And uh, that told the story. And and you know the 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 I look back and I look at the the location of Florida's turnovers as opposed to Georgia's turnovers. Georgia had one in its own territory with Kenny McIntosh, but then the other two interceptions were basically punts and even though Florida scored after the the second interception it was a six minute you know slug out drive where by the time they scored game was over and Georgia was you know definitely going to win it at that point I mean it was 27 nothing but you get to 27 seven with about you know four minutes left to go in the game three minutes left to go in the game there's no chance to come back uh and, and I I thought when I look back at it, Rusty, and I wanted to get your opinion on this, outside of the two interceptions, I thought Georgia was a little better offensively than I noticed in real time. You look at yards per play, I looked at some of the success that Georgia had. It just shot itself in the foot. And and that's something Georgia's going to have to work on, Rusty, because this is the second game in a row where I feel like Georgia was really efficient on offense as far as moving the football and biting off chunk plays. But – the score was down because of shooting themselves in the foot with a turnovers in this game, but also penalties. And then on, on, you know, on, in the Kentucky game, it was mainly just penalties and wrong play, wrong time. What do you think about the offense and, and, you know, kind of moving forward? Uh, it is being more explosive, but the points aren't there. Yeah. They, they, they you know, you look at the call on, on third, you know, third and what third and one third and two on that opening drive and, mm-hmm. You get the intentional ground in which I I didn't see it. I felt like the receiver ran a different route, um, and that's is what it is. So you call that play, um, you call that play a play action play, and that's a deal where Munkin knows, hey, I got two plays to call it. Well, you lose a down a penalty, and that forces you to get in there and have to kick a field goal, which you you know you miss. So you know drives like that early on, um, especially against Georgia, when you get early points, it puts so much stress on you because you know. You're not going to score very many points. So every touchdown you give up puts that much pressure on you as an opposing team offense. But um, I thought the run game got better as the game went on. I thought I thought James Cook really, really brought some juice to the offense. You know, he was he's so slippery in between the tackles. You know, you look at him sometimes, you think it's a one-yard gain. Next thing you know, it's second and three. Um, so I, I really like what the, I saw out of him, uh, Kiaris Jackson, uh, had a better kick return day, better punt return day. I mean, punt return. He uh, bobbled, bobbled some balls against Kentucky, which was unlike him. But uh, Stetson Bennett dropped an absolute dime on him for a touchdown. Um, you know, I thought uh, Brock Bowers made a really good play. So, you know, there's some highs and there's some plays that wasn't so good. I think, you know, um, I thought Stetson Bennett played pretty decent. Now, the play that you really as a head scratcher was that first interception. That's where you want to be like, hey, 
you know, what, what were you even thinking there? You got two, there's, you know, you got two guys with a guy over the top um, in, in that route. So it was just an easy interception. You kind of wonder what he saw, what he was looking at there. He just chunked it up and hoped for the best, which you cannot do. Uh, but other than that, Georgia, once Georgia went up 24 to nothing, Jake, it was over. I mean, it was yeah. they throttled it down. Uh, they throttled it down on offense and, and defensively. Uh, they got after them, but they didn't take as many chances. I, I want to ask you a question because I made this mention on the board. Um, the package they showed Saturday, and they showed it, I, I'm assuming they have played it before, but not to that many plays to me. When they went with Trayvon, uh, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, and Devontae White all in the game at once. Uh, had you seen that before? I haven't seen that look. And I, if I, I haven't noticed it, no. Yeah. And I, but I, th- I think it's absolutely genius against yeah. a quarterback run type, yeah. a, a power quarterback run type deal. Because yeah. at that point, you get to play two gap with four different players, yeah. and that's man, that that's big. That is absolutely huge. Because and 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 to be honest with you, Rusty, Jalen Carter's athleticism gives you the ability to do that. You know, because you watch him bend that edge on that rap play where on that, you know, that little, little stunt game that they ran that he got the sack on uh Anthony Richardson, which by the way, man, I don't know what these collegiate stat collection folks are doing these days because that was one hundred percent a Jalen Carter sack, and he shared it, I think, with Jordan Davis. Um, at, you know, Adam Anderson and Warren Brinson, they shared a sack as well. That probably was legit because Adam Anderson was kind of riding the guy trying to get the ball out and, and Warren Brinson. But I tell you what, man, there's some Georgia dudes, Jalen Carter being one of them, that are going to look back at this season and they were probably should have been credited with, you know, two or three more tackles for a loss than they actually got because they ended up sharing one with somebody during the game. Yeah. And some guys are going to have more. Georgia's going to get it all to be, you know, as a team. But, the, you know, there are some individuals that have kind of gotten gypped on the stat sheet this week, this year, because I keep looking at it game after game and seeing it. But, yeah, back to your point. Um, yeah, J- Jalen Carter allows you to do stuff like that. And, you know, we, we heard during preseason camp, about him working at defensive end. And I think it was for moments like that, for short yardage, for power quarterback run. I can tell you this. That's a Georgia. If Georgia plays Alabama in, in the, in the Mercedes Benz, you're going to see that package because yeah. you got to be big on big against Alabama. And I guarantee you, Georgia has set on that until this Florida game. Um, and, and they haven't shown that. I was pretty sure, but I want to double check with you because I saw that. I was like, wait a minute. And then they kept playing it, and I thought, wait a minute, they're going big nickel right here with these guys. So, um, you know, you look at the you look at down the line because now Georgia is in the SEC championship, so we can talk about who they may play, may play, or may play Texas A and M. Who knows? But if they play Alabama, you're going to see that package a lot. I guarantee you, because of how big Alabama is at every position, you'll need those big bodies in there, and that, I think that that package they showed right there. For, uh, Saturday is something you're gonna see a lot of. We get we'll nickname it Buffalo Nickel. Buffalo we'll Nickel. Call it, we'll call it Buffalo Nickel. Is what we'll call it. Buffalo. Speaking Nickel. of Buffalo Nickel, I don't know if you noticed this. James Cook, eleven yard touchdown run. They took Jamari Sawyer, put him at tight end to the right. Brock Bauer slid down and played left tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had kind of an unbalanced look there. Now, and uh, let me ask you this because you put that formation on tape, so everybody yep. sees it. Is Brock Bauer uh, eligible? 
Yes. On the back I believe he is eligible on that play. Last play. I, think, I, I want to say, and I have to go back and look at it, but I want to say they went, they covered Sawyer up with two guys to the right, okay. which basically puts enough men on the line of scrimmage unless you put uh, Brock Bowers as the end man on the line of scrimmage to the left. You know, even if even if he wasn't eligible on that play, maybe they try to sneak something in where he is eligible on a different play. Or Rusty, here's another thing too. Um, at that point, you've kind of got the the lateral type deal going on where you can kind of roll, have him block, run a little swing, throw it to him. Yep. Whether he's eligible or not, he can catch the ball as a lateral. Sure. He can catch forward pass, but he can catch a lateral. Uh, so so that would be in there as well. And another thing at the end of that play. Um, uh, Warren McClendon got a chance to put a feather in his cap um, because he absolutely finished somebody and put some paint on a jersey in the end zone. I'm talking about planted somebody like a like a tomato. He was uh, he was he was cropping in that game, and uh, uh, he, so that kid, that kid doesn't get enough mentions. Like, he doesn't. He I mean, doesn't. Like Warren McClendon goes out and handles business every week. He had another pancake block in the game. You go back, look on the inside run. I can't remember what what part of the game was, but I thought, man. Warren McClendon just finished that dude. I mean, this is a guy that was all SEC as a freshman. Now, all, all this freshman team started, I think we started every game last year, almost. And he comes in this year. I mean, there's some highly, you know, he was still a four-star prospect, but you know, there's some five stars in the room that came in behind him. But Warren McClendon is firmly uh, entrenched as a right tackle at Georgia right now, and he is doing a hell of a job. You know, and another thing I'll say as we put this game to bed, that counterplay that beat LSU to death, Georgia ran a couple different varia- variations of it. Yeah. I think if Georgia would have ran it 14 times like LSU did, um, and they did it, let's say they did it all with Zamir White, I think Zamir White might have had 200 yards rushing because I want to say he averaged somewhere around nine yards a carry uh, when they when they ran, maybe more, because that 42-yard run came off of it, 13, 10, had another six-yard run off of it. Those are the remembers I remember, ones I remember off the top of my head. But Georgia kind of wrinkled up the run game a little bit and and gashed Florida and ran it on the first play of the game yeah. um, and maybe even the second. Let's jump into a break here real quick, Rusty, and we got some stuff we're going to talk about on the other side, the quarterbacks, Dominic Blaylock, and uh, previewing Missouri just a little bit. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. All right, Rusty. Now, listen, I, I would never tell anybody how to think about the quarterback situation because there's a lot of passion involved in this thing. And everybody wants to see Georgia go exactly where Georgia can go, where Georgia's in line to go. Uh, tonight, Georgia's going to be number one in three different polls once yep. tonight is over. We know that. Um, but I look at this quarterback situation, Rusty, and 
it's hard to get your arms around because there's a lot that we don't know and that we absolutely just cannot know. Okay. How healthy is JT Daniels? Well, he's healthy enough to play. What does that mean? Is it healthy enough to play? He's as good as JT Daniels is possibly going to be. The same situation we ran into last year, Rusty. He was cleared to play. He was healthy enough to play. But was he good? Was he back? Where is he at mechanically? Did he have to change some things to, to kind of deal with that lad injury, to deal with the oblique injury? Where is he at mentally? Um, you know, you talk about this kind of thing. Um, I was talking to a physical therapist the other day, Rusty, and this is one of those injuries, oblique and lat, where this is one of those things that can kind of really tear you up because a lot of guys, when they deal with it, it hurts when they take a deep breath. It hurts when they, you know, they have a hard time sleeping. And I'm not trying to sit here and say, well, poor JT Daniels. Listen, that dude, he's counting NIL money, all right? Like, he's doing well for himself, okay? And he's a very talented kid, and he's a quarterback at the University of Georgia, getting his college paid for better than I can say. I'm still paying for my college. But you look at all this stuff – and, you know, you, do, you have to consider the locker room, you know, who, who has it, you know, there's Stetson minute goes on a little three game winning streak with Georgia and plays well in those games. Yeah. He threw two bad interceptions against Florida rusty, but in the previous three games, he put the ball in danger once against Arkansas in the first half. And that was basically it. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to consider here. And I'm of the opinion that JT Daniels, when he's right, is he makes Georgia's offense better, but that's not the only thing Kirby Smart and Todd Munkin and Buster Faulkner and you know whoever else insert offensive staffer has to consider in this situation, right? Well, you know, I can see both ways. You know, I, I think truly, I think Georgia has two good options, but I'm really one of those deep divers when it comes to quarterback position. And I'm telling you, everybody can have an opinion, and we all certainly have an opinion, and everybody can have this and that. But at the end of the day, you have on Saturday about 80 plays to show what you're thinking. Right. And Stetson Bennett played every snap Saturday. Every snap. The one thing that caught my eye, and here's the one thing, if you've ever been in one, those comments by Nolan Smith, to me, yeah, were pretty damn telling. And he said, we've got Stetson. I've got Stetson Bennett's back. I believe in him. I read all this stuff. These people are saying that. When when somebody comes out like that and says something as a player, as a leader, as a guy that just played his best game he's ever played at University of Georgia, little things like that start giving you some stuff. Now, I still think this job is not completely done. I still think that JT Daniels is getting a shot in practice. And I still think he's going to get some reps. But I'll tell you this. You can say what you want. We can all write our own opinions. But come Saturday, if Stetson Bennett plays all those reps again, it's going to tell you what you need to know as far as an answer, what they're thinking behind the scenes. Because I think JT Daniels is close enough to play. Uh, And that's just my opinion. Okay, so that's my opinion with this. Uh, But I do think JT Daniels brings some stuff to to Georgia uh, that, that Stetson Bennett does not. Start looking at those plays that Stetson Bennett makes with his legs three or four times a game, and it's just irritating, you know, as a defense to prepare for those things. So, um, if Stetson Bennett plays the way he did those previous three games, it's going to be tough to unseat him. And if he plays like he did Saturday and turns the ball over a couple times like that, 
that thing's going to be open again. So we'll see how this plays out. Um, I don't know who's going to start Saturday. Uh, I don't know how much we're going to hear in practice this week, but I will know this on Saturday in an SEC game, uh, an SEC East game. And if they play Stetson Bennett every play, then we'll know, we'll know a lot more. Yeah. And I, I know this, uh, you know, behind the haircut, from Kirby Smart behind sometime somewhere in that dome of his, there's a little man in there, and that little man hates turnovers. Okay. Yes, yes. And <laughs> I'm talking about like yes. that dude, that dude, it's like that movie Inside Out. You've probably watched it with your kids a couple times. Yeah, yeah. There's that little that little angry man, little fire shoots out the top of his head. Yeah. That dude's in Kirby's head when it comes to turnovers. So uh, you know, listen, Stetson's it's one of those things where if Stetson's gonna be the guy. Stetson's going to have to play really well. And the reason I think it's so big for JT to be healthy, Rusty, is that Georgia doesn't have to stick through a prolonged period of struggle with either one of those guys. They can change it up. They can look for a spark. Um, I will say this, though, because I I can see it coming right now. If Georgia stubs its toe at some point, and it's because, you know, the offense doesn't play well or the Mm -hmm. offense struggles for a portion of a game – and, you know, JT's not the guy or Stetson's not the guy. And I, I get the feeling that amongst the population that it's Team JT over Stetson because the backup quarterback is often more um, popular. And, and listen, you look at the stats. Um, you know, I was hearing Rick Neuheisel talk about it yesterday, and he made a really good point. He's like, you know, you don't want to get stuck in that 20-pass-a-game mode that Stetson's kind of been in a little bit at Georgia. Um, and, you know, JT's thrown it. 30 more times than four or seven starts. Stetson's only did it one in eight or nine starts. Uh, I think I, I think Rick Neuheisel said something. I can't verify this, so and I should have already. I'm very irresponsible. Uh, I think Stetson only has 30 more pass attempts than JT this season. Okay? Hmm. So it's clear they trust one, more, one guy more, and that's one guy's game more is to kind of spray it around and throw it. Um, but it's going to have to work itself out, guys. You know what they trust? Their defense. Yeah, they do. They do. And they're, and right or wrong, you're not wherever it gets them, they do. And I think, Rusty, if you're going to do that, yeah. if you're going to do that, if you look at the landscape of college football this year, that this is not the this is not the year that it has been in terms of trusting your defense. Yeah. You know, this, you know, if you want to try to trust your defense last year, Georgia maybe tried to do that a little bit and it blew up in their face. Try to trust your defense the year before. I don't think that was by choice. I think that was by necessity because they just weren't good on offense. They weren't playing well at quarterback. They didn't have weapons at receiver. Offensive line was underperforming, and DeAndre Swift was hurt against LSU. They had to lean on defense, and it it didn't work out. Defense played its heart out and wasn't able to make it happen. Uh, But if you're looking at a year this this year, might be a year where you can rely on it a little bit more. And I still think Georgia's getting better quarterback play than many want to recognize. And I understand they want to score 40 points a game or 50 points a game. You want to be LSU or Alabama uh, from the past couple of years. Um, it's not going to happen. I really don't care who is at quarterback, I, but I do think get healthy, keep this offensive line getting better. And and credit to Matt Luke because it has. We week in and week out, better on the offensive line. The explosive runs are starting to come. The explosive plays are starting to come. And and you know I do I still I still think this Georgia offense has meat left on the bone, yeah, and I mean, uh, it has two options to go to if it's yeah. if it's if it gets frustrated, you've got two options. Well, and, and you've got two guys. Here's the question that 
I think every person on the, on the junkyard, a lot of people in the comp, by the way, somebody made a comment about Bojangles. Can we get him banned? Whoever that was. Uh, by oh, man. Man, he, he started early on Bojangles. Um, here's the question. And, and, and we don't, we don't answer that, but we cover it. But Saturday, Georgia can beat Missouri with either one of these quarterbacks. And, and that's no question. Um, what gives Georgia the best opportunity to win in Mercedes-Benz in December to finish out these games? Now, we don't know that answer, uh, but that's the answer that this coaching staff is going to have to evaluate over the next four weeks. And, about, by the way, this Tennessee game up there in Knoxville, they may have to score some points. Uh, that may get, they may get, I'm very interested to see Georgia against that up-tempo, fast-paced uh, Tennessee and Knoxville. You know, that place will be rocking, too. So, uh, but, but, you know, the question is going to be what gives us the best, you know, option. And you, and you made up a good, you brought up a good point there, Jake. I mean, they got people out. I mean, Arian Smith is not back. Dominic Blaylock's not back. Potentially maybe George Pickens coming back. I mean, they, Kiaris Jackson. Jermaine, Bur- Jermaine Burton's still a little bit limited. We finally saw yep. Kiaris Jackson look like Kiaris Jackson, which yep. is a really yep. – um, maybe maybe that should have took taken up 10 minutes of what we talked about today because that's a big factor. Talking about George's leading receiver a year ago, yep. he looked great. So there's, a lot, so there's a lot of pieces left offensively. Um, I'm still not overly concerned yet about the offense. I'm just like everybody else in these comments and on our message boards. I want to see how they play this out and they're not going to say much but at the end of the day when they're going to put their sample out in that game and they're going to tell you what they're thinking so we'll all be patient see what happens on saturday and then as we look forward to the uh the stretch run for this georgia team but i'll tell you this going back to my original comment i'll tell you what they do trust they trust that damn defense and they know they don't have to have a ton of points to win games well and and not only that rusty i think if you're out there um, and, and, and I'm speaking right to you if you believe this. If you think Kirby's not going to make a change at quarterback because Kirby just wants to be conservative, mm-hmm. go ahead and talk yourself out of that. Um, not because Kirby hasn't been conservative in the past, but because Stetson Bennett is not an attempt to be conservative. Okay? Stetson Bennett, if anything, is a little more dangerous because he does put the ball in danger a little bit more than a lot of guys do. Okay, it's just Kirby's. I think you know Stetson's also had a big play element in this offense this year. I think they like Stetson Bennett's legs. I think they like Stetson Bennett's leadership. This isn't a well. Kirby's going to stick with Stetson because he just wants to be conservative. No, I don't think that's it. No, no. I, I think it's. I, I think right now, and, and and as we get through, and listen, I'm not. I, I can already hear somebody on our board, probably somebody specific. Be honest with you. It's going to say, well, you guys said Stetson's better than JT. I'm not saying that. I'm definitely I'm just not. saying I don't think this is an attempt to be conservative. Yeah. I just think it's an attempt to do what he thinks he has to do to win. And they've got him. I mean, I'm talking about a book this thick, okay, of information, video, notes, thoughts, more than we've got to evaluate this thing and figure out what they want. All right, Rusty, Dominic Blaylock back at practice yesterday, actually running routes against air. Kirby said he's a lot further along this week than he was last week, which is a very good sign. Listen, I think he can get past the hamstring injury, still not be in the game a whole lot because Georgia's kind of, if they're thick at one spot, it's that slot position. But, you know, can Dominic Blaylock help this team down the stretch? Yep, he's going to probably – I'm, I'm going to go on a limb say play some Saturday. Don't yeah. Reps, but 
what I was told on him uh, when he got released, you know, they would not let him out of that brace, and that brace is a little bit limited, and it made his hamstring tight running. Uh, so he would run without it, but they wouldn't let him play without that brace. So, um, you know, he de- he dealt with an ACL, two ACLs. Now he comes back to this hamstring. I mean, this kid just wants to play. He's a great kid. Um, and, and I think I think Dominic Blaylock comes back on Saturday uh, in, in some small fashion, and I think he'll play some Charleston Southern, uh, Tennessee, and then Charleston Southern and get ready for that stretch run. But uh, he's a kid that uh, he's got great hands. Uh, like you said, they're, they're really good in that slot position right now. But got to have a guy named Dot like Dominique Blaylock, and maybe he helps return some punts down the line yeah. too. They did that as a freshman, but – you know, you think back to that Auburn game his freshman year when he got behind coverage and they hit him. Um, I believe Jake Fromm hit him uh, down there uh, for a touchdown. And uh, so you just look at him and, and know that who makes your room better. And that's another piece of the puzzle that Georgia could get back offensively. Uh, they'll find a way to get him in. Yeah, and depth. I mean, absolutely. I mean, just depth. I mean, Karis, Lab McConkey, they they have to deal with something. You've got another guy that can kind of go in there. And he was he was sans brace yesterday. He had no brace on. Good. Um, which maybe he's gotten to a point where they feel comfortable maybe letting him go without it. Uh, but you know, the mileage that these guys you, I mean, you have to be really careful with them. They go from doing all this stuff with the knee and then they get all this mileage from, you know, being healthy with the knee. Um, their body has to adjust to it, and uh, I'm I'm happy for him. Um, you know, I've had an ACL myself. I hadn't had two, um, but it's always it's always good to kind of feel like you're getting back to your old self uh, coming off that. And and Dominic's had some time to deal with the confidence aspect too. Uh, just another kind of guy to get back in that room, and um, if nothing else, it's a good indication for maybe next year and uh, and him getting back and being able to help the Bulldogs next year. Um, quick thought on Missouri before we go, Rusty. Uh, points, lots of them. They give them up. Yeah, I think Georgia's be interested to see how they attack them. If they want to work the passing game some, work running game some, but Missouri just not in a great place right now defensively. And Tennessee absolutely shredded them up up there. That's when I knew things were. And this one and one, I knew Tennessee was a little bit better than I thought, and then Missouri was not as good as defense as I thought they were. Um, this is a, this is a game that Georgia clearly is the better team, and um, I expect thirty nine points. Very, that's incredible. They're incredible. Um, they've so, given up twenty four points or more in every single ball game this year, and they've given up twenty eight or more in seven of them, and thirty five or more in five of them. Yeah, it's going to be. This is a bad matchup for them, and um, you hope Georgia. The only thing, if you're Missouri, you're getting them early during the day. You kind of hope they're flat coming off this Florida game. Maybe a turnover here or there. You just try to get it in the second half, being within striking distance. But I just don't see much happening here. I think Georgia's clearly the better team. Uh, this will be a good good time to get get some people, quarterback position, but other positions, some reps in an SEC game, maybe in the second half. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those where Georgia moves up in the national and SEC rankings in terms of explosive plays. Yeah. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of them. All right, guys, we'll be back with you tomorrow with a mailbag podcast and some Wednesday leans. But for this one, that's all we got. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. He's Rusty Mansell from the same place. Y'all take it easy. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or 
I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 